0: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. So what's the one question that people ask you that like you wish you could just broadcast?
1: People ask me all kinds of things, you know, the, you know, what is karma, why did my wife leave me, etc., etc. They don't understand that every experience is meant to take you to a higher level of awareness. Otherwise, the experience is wasted. Every experience is beneficial if you're self-aware.
0: Hey, everyone. From LinkedIn News, this is In the Arena, a podcast exploring human potential. I'm Leah Smart, and every week you'll find me right here in conversation with bright minds and brave hearts, learning how we can improve our lives and our world by transforming ourselves. Wow. So this week I had the honor of interviewing Deepak Chopra. And you know how you have those people that are on your shortlist in life that you're like, I'm never going to meet that person? Well, he was definitely on mine, and he was one of those. My early memories of Dr. Chopra are from the Oprah Winfrey show, coming home and watching it pretty much every day after school with my mom. So, before we got started, of course, I had to fangirl a little bit and told him about my Oprah days, but I also told him the story about how I came to this work. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you probably have already heard some of this, but in case you haven't, here's the TLDR on me. I spent the first eight years of my adult life feeling a bit lost. And it was the kind of loss that simmered just below the surface so that I could ignore it for quite a while. After a particularly tough moment, I realized I needed to do something. So my something was jumping into the world of psychology and consciousness. I wanted to understand myself and everyone else. So I got my hands on anything that piqued my curiosity, from classes to books to exercises. And I came back to Deepak Chopra's work along the way. If you don't know who Deepak Chopra is, or you just don't know him very well yet, he was one of the first medical doctors to move to the intersection of science and spirituality, combining Eastern and Western practices to help people thrive. Now, he's got a new book out called Abundance, The Path to Inner Wealth, and it is powerful. So we kick off our conversation with a concept that begins his book, which is the soul profile. The soul profile is a series of questions to connect you to who you truly are, Questions like, what are my unique skills, my peak moments in my life, and what sort of contribution do I make in my relationships and in my community? So I want to start there. Why the soul profile, and how does it lay the foundation for seeking inner abundance?
1: The soul profile basically is not your self image. Mm. By the way, the self-image, the bio is on LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> I Which know that too useful. well. Yeah. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. But it's your self-image. It's not yourself. The soul profile is your innermost values. And what happens is when you live those values, you normally, you know, they say birds of a feather hang together. Well, you automatically find yourself in a social network of people with similar values. It's true. Mm -hmm. If you're a football fan, you're with football fans. If you like to go to bars, then you're all buddies who like to drink. So once you create that soul profile, that represents your innermost values and what we call money. So money is the currency of exchanging values. And that's the way... You make mm. money spiritually. LinkedIn should start doing a soul profile.
0: <laughs> Listen, I'll put mine up. Then absolutely. ask
1: people to do that, and then you'll see. You'll create a whole community.
0: Mm. You know, you made me wonder if I had answered this five years ago, what would I have answered it with, and it wouldn't have it's been. It's a then. process. It's yeah. an evolution. Yeah, I can so relate to this um, when I think of examples of my own shift. Mm-hmm. So when I, you know, had this realization of love or fear of my own. Mm infiniteness. I can remember moments of like sitting in a bar going, Mm -hmm. what am I doing here? (laughs) And then over the last four years, being surrounded in synchronicity, literally by people now who align with what I align with. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You know, all this stuff about the secret and law of attraction, that's very superficial. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is be aware of your values and your state of awareness, and everything in the world reflects that for you. Mm. The world is a mirror. The world is as we are. We all live in different aspects of the metaverse, as they say, these is.
0: I don't know how I feel about the metaverse yet.
1: I have a new take on metaverse. Do
0: you? What is it?
1: <laughs> it's a spiritual take. A meta-human is the last book I wrote. Mm-hmm. So meta-human is the awakened human being. And metaverse is the... Global community of awakened beings, my version. Mm.
0: So, I want to go back to the concept of this soul profile and then simple awareness. Can you talk a little bit about what simple awareness is?
1: Simple awareness is just being present without judgment. That's it. Now, simplest way close your eyes, and do nothing. <laughs> Some great philosopher said humanity's problems come from the inability to sit quietly and do nothing, even for a short time. We become human doings, but we're human beings. So start with that, and then, you know, we have techniques in the book, you know, with breath awareness and rituals, basically, for each of the seven chakras that represent seven levels of consciousness. Uh, Chakras are just metaphors for hierarchies of needs and aspirations.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the seven chakras for people who may not know?
1: The first chakra is survival and safety. The second chakra is sensual experience through the five senses, sound, touch, sight, taste, and smell, which we call mindfulness these days. The third is about money and abundance and material success. The fourth is love and belongingness. The fifth is creative expression, the sixth is insight, intuition, imagination, and knowingness, and the seventh is transcendence. Now, in the book, I take a top-down approach, Mm -hmm. so I start Mm -hmm. with uh, with bliss and joy. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. why go bottom up? We can come come in top down. um, Interesting. Which again in Christianity. Seek the kingdom of heaven first. Mm -hmm. Everything else will be added. See, everything is a metaphorical expression. The kingdom of heaven is not in the clouds. It's a state of consciousness. In the Vedic tradition, they say, Seek the highest first. Same thing.
0: Oh, it's funny. I mean, as you explain... You know Christianity from this perspective, or the metaphorical perspective, which I study Kabbalah, and they talk a lot about metaphors. Yeah,
1: and the Course in Miracles is yes. a direct download of non-duality. Yep. With that, uh, Marian Williamson.
0: Yep, and that's this how it, it makes it accessible mm-hmm. because you can say, okay, I can, I can connect to this, even if I can't connect to maybe the doctrine that mm-hmm. I felt like I've had to be a part of that didn't fit for who I see myself as. The doctrine
1: as or, is by special interest groups. That's mm-hmm. all you know if somebody is pointing to the moon you look at the moon not worship the finger
0: <laughs> it's a beautiful way to put it yeah <laughs> so i was actually surprised reading the book that a lot of it is spent on the chakras mm-hmm. and that was where my my realization was of course and i knowing your work that this book wasn't exactly about money and the way we
1: see it it's about being abundant at every level Mm. Of aspiration, of human aspiration, money being one of them. Actually, I wrote the book after I heard a lyric from Bob Marley, which said, Some people are so poor, all they have is money. Because the poorest need it for money, and the rich confuse self worth with net worth. Mm. They sacrifice their self for their selfie. Mm. For their
0: selfie. You okay, you're great with these.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I make them up.
0: <laughs> these, I'm gonna call them shoperisms. Um so I can't help but think about people who might be going, but of course you can say that because, you know, I don't have money yet. Well, I didn't what would when you say? I came to this country at zero. Yeah.
1: You know? And then uh I also had my own crisis buying things that I didn't need, with money that I hadn't earned to impress people that I didn't like. <laughs> and then say, why the stress? So, you know, you turn it upside down.
0: Hmm. Did you have a moment?
1: I did have a moment, and it was a horrible moment. I had uh, resuscitated a patient, put a pacemaker, intubated the patient maker, then went out of the hospital to smoke a cigarette those days. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. And then I threw it, and that was the beginning.
0: What was that like?
1: I felt shame, you know. I'm supposed to be a doctor, healer. But in those days, in the 70s, doctors were paid by cigarette companies to wear stethoscopes, white coat, and promote either camel or lucky strike as mm. the cigarette that gave you more energy. <laughs> People actually are embarrassed about smoking cigarettes these You know, with COVID, it was those who were at risk, who were either inflamed in some way, chronic disease, smokers, or, um, or people who were depressed. And there's what we call sympathetic overdrive. So there's a nerve in our body. This is the opposite of the sympathetic nerve. Mm-hmm. It's called the vagus nerve. It's the healing nerve in the body. And nobody talks about it. But when you sing, when you pray when you chant, you know the word enchantment comes from chanting to be one with God, enchantment. Uh, When you chant, when you take deep breaths, when you do yoga, when you do mind-body exercise like Tai Chi, Qigong, energy medicine, they all stimulate this vagus nerve, which is the healing nerve in our body. And we've been looking at the research on that. It's extraordinary.
0: We're going to take a quick break and I'll keep it quick Give simple awareness a try. Just take 60 seconds alone to close your eyes and quiet your mind. It's the foundation of so many discoveries about yourself and about the world. When we get back, Deepak takes us through how to work with shame and trauma, which every single one of us has, and ultimately how to work into joy, which every single one of us deserves. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. We had such deep empathy, we had such a clear ability to… If you want to hear more of Zach Beret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. We're back. So, I grew up Christian, but my spiritual awakening came later in life and it wasn't linked specifically to Christianity. I know a lot of people who feel challenged by the ways they felt othered when it comes to religion. So I wanted to know what Dr. Chopra would say to the people who want to explore their definition of spirituality, but don't quite know how to. What he had to say kind of blew my mind.
1: The shame and fear is around religious ideology, not mm. alone religious experience. I know it's fashionable to say I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, but there's religious and spiritual experience is the same. And there are three components to it. One is you find your true identity beyond your ego, and that identity is beyond space-time, it's timeless, it's eternal. The second is, as a result of that, you have spontaneous experience of love, compassion, joy, equanimity, truth, goodness, beauty, harmony. And the third, which is very interesting is you lose the fear of death because Mm -hmm. you encounter this part, which is timeless and beyond birth, death, and any experience. That's every religious experience, including Jesus Christ. And, you know, Jesus has three moments um, as he's walking with the cross on the way to crucifixion. The first is um, when he falters and uh, Joseph of Arimathea tries to help him. And he pushes him away, he says, I must bear my own cross. That's the first encounter with suffering, that no one else can alleviate your suffering. The second is the dark night of the soul, when he says to God, you have abandoned me. And the third is when he says, forgive them, they know not what they do, which says everyone is doing this best they can from their state of consciousness. And then the death and the resurrection, you know, you have to take it metaphorically. The death is the death of an old story, an old paradigm, an old context, old meanings, an old way of dealing with relationships. And the resurrection is a completely new story, new context, new meaning, and a new d- way of dealing with relationships. So death and resurrection is also creativity.
0: So, when you know, when I think about there are so many things that create shame in our society today, whether it's, you know, overeating, drinking too much, you know, time on social media, TV.
1: So all of that, by the way, is a result of trauma, and Mm -hmm. everybody's had some trauma. Somebody says, I've never had trauma in my life. Either they don't remember, but subconsciously it's Mm -hmm. there, or they're not telling the truth. The memory of trauma is anger. Mm -hmm. The desire to get even and get revenge is hostility. The anticipation of trauma again is fear and anxiety. The direction back at yourself is guilt. Guilt leads to shame and humiliation. And the sum total of all of the above is depression, which is linked to inflammation and disease. That's the sequence. It all starts with trauma you can't deny your trauma but you have to heal your trauma now this war in uh, ukraine and people who are being traumatized their descendants will have epigenetic effects for the next several generations it happened with the holocaust
0: mm-hmm. i'm sure it happened for Black people and oh, yeah, lots of people of, of color, course, yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the epigenetic trauma still mm-hmm. influencing their lives, and then it surfaces as either obesity or addiction or some problem. Mm-hmm. So you have to face it and you have to heal it. Oprah Winfrey, mm. she turned it around. Mm-hmm. Okay, she said, "I wanted to listen to people's stories of trauma and show them." That they were not different. Everybody had had trauma. Remarkable woman.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's the original mentor. She is. The <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I mean, a role model. For absolutely. Many people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think I grew up every day coming home to four o'clock Oprah. Yeah, you are. Um, every day. The reason that I love your work and this kind of work is that it re-empowers people who perhaps have been disempowered in their experience by things that have happened systemically. So, you know, for me, meditation and consciousness has been a way to recognize, of course, I still have an ego, but I have, you know, a way to recognize that I am not separate, that I'm not different. Yeah. but that it's okay to also belong to myself, belong to my spirituality, and to my connection.
1: See, another thing people get confused about is separation is not differentiation. In the deeper realm, we're all Africans. The human race came from Africa, but the weather patterns change the skin of their color. (laughs) And so they're the same ancestors, okay? Think of a stem cell that becomes liver, kidney, heart, brain. They all look different. Mm But they came from one common cell, and their only job is to help each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stomach cell is now saying, well, why should I digest food for the liver? What does it do for me or the brain? Uh, why should I be the computer for everyone? You know. Um, so our body is an example of how cells live. If we could only be like ourselves.
0: What gets in the way?
1: Social indoctrination and tribal minds that go back to medieval times, but now with modern capacities like cyber warfare, biological warfare, nuclear weapons, that's a recipe for extinction. We're at a crossroads. Either we go the way of extinction or we create a more peaceful, just, sustainable, healthier world by being the change we want to see. Everyone has to be a Nelson Mandela or a Martin Luther King Jr. or a Mahatma Gandhi. Everyone. And they all have the potential.
0: So if I think about what you're saying, it starts at trauma Mm. and saying, where have I been and what's been painful? And how
1: do I heal the trauma?
0: So one of the challenges right now that I see within my own generation is this moment that a lot of us are having of, what am I doing on this planet? (laughs) What am I doing in my career? Um, How do I get to a sense of purpose and fulfillment? Uh, And I think After COVID, there's probably a little more hopelessness than than maybe we'd love to see. How do I'm seeing
1: that, but I'm Hmm. seeing the opposite too. I'm seeing young people now not accepting social authority. It's slowly shifting to, I hope, what will be the democratization of well-being and true democracy in the world too. Because right now, all the leaders in the world are gangsters with a few exceptions.
0: I love that sense of democratization of well-being. Yeah, Where do you see hope? And it sounds like you
1: do see a lot of it. Yeah, although I don't, you know, this question of hope, uh, when people say I'm hopeful, they're already implying they're in despair. You don't need hope when they're (laughs) in despair. You have to be real. And real means you have to be creative, independent Mm -hmm. of both hope and despair that's being real ground yourself in what i call the generosity of spirit mm-hmm. and then see what happens and what happens as you know is miraculous synchronicity
0: and i will add to um you talk in the book about this attitude of abundance versus this attitude of lack mm-hmm. and i've struggled with that you know in my it's 20s a mindset
1: yeah it comes from childhood
0: so you know how do you catch it? First, really? you have yeah. to
1: be aware. You mm-hmm. cannot change what you're not aware of. <laughs> so that's what the book is, expand your awareness. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what the seven chakras are too.
0: And so then when we get to this attitude of abundance and this, this place of inner wealth, mm-hmm. what changes?
1: Many things change. There's something that now social scientists call the happiness formula. So, H is equal to S plus C plus V. S stands for set point. Mm -hmm. If you grew up in an environment, parents, peers, school teachers, whatever, uh, in the earlier years of your life, where people were complaining, condemning, criticizing, and playing the victim, that's what you will be, an unhappy person. If you grew up in an environment where in the midst of adversity people found opportunity, or where people were practicing what I call the four A's, attention, affection, appreciation, acceptance, you grew up to be a happy person. This is 50% of your happiness experience every day. You can change it through the techniques that I mention in the book. That's S plus C. C is conditions of living, which is money, and it's about 10% of your happiness experience. So if people win the lottery, they're ecstatic. In six months, they plateau. In one year, they're back to their set point. In five years, they're worse because now they're thinking of parking their money in the Bahamas or avoiding taxes or hiding money, etc. Their happiness depends on the stock market. The last part of the formula is V, which uh, is voluntary choices, Two kinds of choices. Uh, One is for personal pleasure, shopping, alcohol, entertainment, sex. Do they make you happy? Yeah, for a few days, but you have to do it again to be happy. And if you are an addictive personality, then you get addicted to pleasure. The second choice is fulfillment. That's when you have meaning and purpose in your life. Then the fastest way to be happy is to make someone else happy. You make them happy. To get a dopamine hit mm-hmm. right away,
0: <laughs> right? I want to just come back to the fact that it's only ten percent of your happiness is predicted. That's
1: that's uh, what the data shows. Wow! Yeah.
0: So we don't need money to be happy, but no. Money Does has money buy themselves. you a sense yeah. of
1: security? Not for everyone. Does money buy you true love? No. Does money buy you compassion? Does money buy you insight, creativity, intuition, higher consciousness? Money is useful if you know how to use it. Now, there are a lot of people who make money to make money to make money. And at the end of their life, they're miserable. They've never experienced joy, but they have a big bank account.
0: That's devastating.
1: (laughs) So, ultimately, my definition of success is joy. Joy is the only measure of success. If you're not joyful, you've wasted your life.
0: How do you define joy?
1: Look at a child. Okay, the other day I was in uh, the train to baggage claim from Orlando. Everybody was stressed, getting angry with each other and a lot of noise and there was this young mother with a child in a pram, could have been maybe a year Mm. and he was trying to catch my eyes and finally I locked into his, he gave the biggest smile I've ever seen. And that's a child, curious, wonder, lovable, loving, and full of curiosity, full of joy. It's innate. Joy is happiness for no reason. Happiness for a reason is misery because the reason can be taken away from you tomorrow. You could lose your job. You could have a crash in the stock market. Your lover could leave you, you could get sick, there could be a death in the family. So happiness for a reason is not really happiness. Joy is innate. Mm. Go back to what I say, return to innocence. Mm.
0: Okay, I'm gonna have you answer these three big questions. Mm. Better humans are?
1: Compassionate, empathetic, loving, kind, but the love is with action. Love without action is irrelevant. Action without love is meaningless.
0: Better work is?
1: That which allows you to express your unique talents and complement other people's talents. So where there is what I call shared vision, emotional and spiritual bonding, complementing each other's strengths and maximum diversity.
0: And a better world has?
1: More peace, social and economic justice, sustainability, health, and joy.
0: Mm -hmm. Amazing. And so with all of that, what do we as individuals do?
1: Be the change you want to see in the world. Peace will not be created by Peace Nobel laureates. They're miserable. (laughs) Okay. Peace will be created by those who are peaceful.
0: Who are peaceful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much, too. Thank you. Yeah. It was fun.
0: That was global spiritual leader, Deepak Chopra, founder of the Chopra Center and author of over 90 books. His latest is called Abundance and it's out now. One big thing before we go, if you have even an ounce of curiosity about creating fulfillment and finding joy, start making a little time to explore your own ways of connecting to yourself. I find these moments are free of charge and they're often phone free too. It could be on a run, walking in nature, while you make your coffee or pet your cat. You'll know when you know, and that's where true abundance comes from. If today's show helped you on your journey, leave us a rating before you go. And even more helpful, write us a quick review. It helps other listeners like you find this show and grow with our community. And you can also find me on LinkedIn writing about human potential. Send me a message. Let me know how it's resonating. I would love to chat. In the Arena is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien with help from Andrew Seaman. Joe DiGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is head of news production, and he also engineered this episode. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn, and I'm Leah Smart. Thanks so much for coming on the journey with me, and I will see you next week.